Welcome back to the Psalms Podcast. I'm Svea Mary, and I am so excited today to have a really sweet episode for you. My only regret is that you can't all be here in the room with us. Today, I have the great joy of sitting with two fabulous women. First, my right-hand gal and co-laborer in women's ministries, Jennifer Oren, and we're joined by Jennifer's neighbor, who also happens to be the beautiful wife of our new senior pastor, Heather Henderson. I am so delighted to get these women behind microphones with me today because they're gals that you probably have not had enough of an opportunity to hear from, and they're worth hearing from. Jennifer has served on staff as the Administrative Assistant for Women's Ministries since 2012, and she's that behind-the-scenes force that keeps things running smoothly for us. She's married to Wade and is the mother of two great sons, Luke and Levi. She's a sweet sounding board for me and also a crazy good thrift shopper. And now, even if you haven't had the joy of meeting Heather Henderson in person yet, you've probably loved watching her praising God through her incredible singing talent on our worship team. Heather has been married to Pastor Rick for more than 20 years and is the mother of three children, an adult daughter who lives in California, and teens, Jack and Caroline. Fortunately, Heather's work as an operations manager has remained amazingly unchanged through these past months as she seamlessly continued working from home for the company she worked for in Salt Lake City. Their family, I have to say, has been amazingly resilient, considering that they've barely begun unpacking their moving boxes before COVID shut everything down and short-circuited normal opportunities for congregational life. And that's one of the many reasons why I'm so thrilled to have Heather on the podcast today, so that you can get to know her a little bit better. So I invite you now to pour yourself a cup of coffee, get comfy, and grab your Bible, and just imagine that you're having the joy of being here with us. Thanks, Faya, for this great intro. I actually am really interested in thrift shopping, so that's been really fun. Um, In a minute, Heather's going to share with us about her favorite psalm and one that may be a favorite of many of yours, Psalm 139. But first, Heather, can we get to know you a little bit better? Like, maybe share with us where you grew up or how you became a Christian, and did you ever expect to be living in Minnesota? (laughs) Those are, that's a lot of questions. Um, (laughs) Um, first of all, I'm grateful to be here. So thank you for, for having me. What a fun experience um, this is already. Great. Uh, I grew up in Northern California in a small town. Um, and it was just kind of a, you know, you didn't go there on purpose. It was really kind of off the beaten path. And my parents still live there in the house they built when I was a baby. So wow. nice. going home is really home. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home with both parents who mm-hmm. are, are faithful believers. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, you want to talk about people who love missions and who are passionate about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my parents. So I grew up in that environment. I don't have a radical conversion story. Mm-hmm. Um, my my journey to Jesus was pretty early. I think I was six when I, you know, got down on my knees and prayed to accept Jesus with my dad. Sweet. Um, and I remember he was working on a car at the time. Of course, that's when I would be like, so dad, what does it, what does it mean to be a Christian? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is a gracious man. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. And, and to answer your question, no, I, I never imagined 
that we would live in Minnesota, but I think that's been one of the fun things about ministry is that it's taken us to places that we would have never expected right. or never have planned. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was saying earlier, with between the blizzard that you guys endured in your candidating weekend, <laughs> let alone COVID, and now winter coming in the middle of October, I feel like if you can survive this year, it's smooth sailing from here on out. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. see. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll see. It's actually, it's been okay. It's been hard. Um, definitely hard. There's been good moments and bad moments, but mm-hmm. um, but overall good. We're so excited mm-hmm. to be here. You have oh. great neighbors. The neighbors <laughs> so, just I mean, don't the get is any really great. better. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I spend quite a bit of time staring out my window at Jennifer's house. <laughs> she's directly outside of my office window. <laughs> yes, we stalk each other. We do. And, you know, the leaves are almost gone now, so I can almost right. fully see your house. Yep. It's great. Well, we're just beyond thrilled to have you here, and it's it's so much fun. I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to introduce you a little bit more fully to the women of Autumn Ridge, and I know so many are just anxious to get to meet you and, and start friendships with you that haven't been able to happen yet, um, but, uh, but I trust that time will come um, hopefully sooner and sooner every day as, as things become a little bit calmer. Um, you mentioned that uh, Psalms 139 was a favorite psalm of yours, and, and I was so delighted when I heard that, because that just seems to be coming up over and over with a lot of the women that I talk to as their favorite psalm, too. Um, maybe before we even before we dive deeper into the psalm, can you just talk about why you love Psalm 139 so of much? Of course, and I'm sure that everybody has... Um, different parts that they love about it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, it has really personal meaning, um, particularly in the in the areas of shame. Um, I have really spent several years kind of stuck in that same rut of shame mm-hmm. um, and refusing to be vulnerable with other people. Uh, for the last seven years, you know, we've lived in Utah and the culture there is very much image driven. Mm-hmm. Um, which didn't totally jive with my Northern California hippie upbringing. Um, You know, kind of a funny story. When we first moved to Utah, we were in a pretty um, affluent area. Mm -hmm. And I go to drop my kids off for their first day of school ever. And I show up in this old pickup truck that's smoking. I'm wearing a (laughs) tie-dye shirt with my hair and a super messy bun on the top of my head. And my kids are dressed exactly how they feel they feel good. And, sure. you know, like Jack is two months past needing haircut. Like they just are <laughs> mismatched socks. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get out with them. and <laughs> Every mom is in designer jeans and heels. Oh. And it's like 730 in the morning. Oh, and they're like, all put together already. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, we're uh-huh. <laughs> where have we landed? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it, it really kind of launched me into this journey of really being satisfied with who I am, who mm-hmm. God made me to be. But it was a painful journey um, mm-hmm. and a journey that really led me to where I needed to be vulnerable with other people sure. and allow them to know who I am mm-hmm. um, and to love me through that as I got to be comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that you're bringing that out already because I think that feeling of of being so vulnerable is a feeling that's really common to most women, but we often don't talk about that. So I appreciate right. that you're just willing to lay that out there. Absolutely. And I think the Psalm 139 in particular uh, is really showing that God sees through all of the exterior 
um, the layers that we've put between us and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees right through that, right to our hearts. And, you know, if we're willing, he will gently guide us to the real areas of, that we should be concerned about in our own lives. Mm-hmm. How would you say we could practice um, that vulnerability that you're talking about, especially with others? Right, right. So when I read Psalm 139, all I feel 100% is exposed. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh my gosh, (laughs) search me. The words that are used in that Psalm are search me, know me, Mm -hmm. test me. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all words that scream exposure. Um, Maybe before you go any further, could I read the first few verses? Oh, please do. Put that into context there. Sure. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Yeah, that's definitely that that idea of being exposed before the Lord. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, And so... I think the call in that text is to really be vulnerable with the one who made us. I think a lot about Adam and Eve um, and when they're in the garden and they've eaten the fruit and suddenly realize they're naked and they're hiding from God. And God says, where are you? Mm. I don't think he's asking because he doesn't know where they are. I think it's a rhetorical question. He's saying, do you know where you are? Right. Do you know what direction you're headed in? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Jen, I believe your question was how, um, say it one more time. How can we practice being vulnerable with others? Being vulnerable with others is hard. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the questions you need to start with before you're willing to share um, with other people and to become more vulnerable with other people is really identifying in your own life, what does vulnerability feel like to you? Mm-hmm. Um, does vulnerability feel like um <laughs> does it feel like for me it makes me feel a little bit naked mm-hmm. like i'm just mm-hmm. letting it all hang out mm-hmm. um for other people it's fear for other people it's anxiety some people it feels like rejection mm-hmm. or like we're losing that illusion of control right. um and so once i think that we've identified what vulnerability really feels like to us. What does Mm -hmm. it feel like? I think then we have a place to start. Um, And I would even start with that question when you're with your groups is what does vulnerability feel like to you? And once Mm -hmm. you identify that, Mm -hmm. then it's easy to say, okay, well, not easy, easy. (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy Uh (laughs) to really identify if you're in a safe space. First of all, have you agreed in a group that you're allowed to be vulnerable and that whatever is said stays in that group sure. and and it won't be held against you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you know that you're there, mm-hmm. you have to take a little bit of a leap. And it, and it does start with asking questions about each other, asking questions about yourself, letting other people speak truthfully into your own life. Mm-hmm. If you said to someone um, three words that would describe me honestly, right? What would they be? Ask your kids. They'll mm-hmm. tell you. Good or bad. Good or bad. And you right. can't get mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I'm going to go home and do that tonight. If, <laughs> if you could tell me anything you wanted to tell me and you knew I wouldn't get mad, right. what would it be? Mm. And Rick and I have done this throughout our marriage, mm. um, which is terrifying. Um, because when he starts a sentence with... Can I tell you something and you not get mad at me? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, you Already can't. Mad. 
I'm mad right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, coincidentally, earlier today, I happened to ask Rick when I saw him in the in the hallways, what three words he would use to describe you if he was describing you to the women of Autumn Ridge. And uh, I don't think they'll make you feel too vulnerable. But sweetly, without even really having to think hard about it, he immediately said he would say that you are loving, you are hospitable, and you are hilarious. That was really kind of him, because if I were him, I probably would have said, um, probably a little bossy, kind of bossy, um, a little scary, <laughs> possibly psychotic. We don't really know. Borderline personality. I that. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, that was kind of him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like you guys were talking uh, wonderfully about being vulnerable with other people. But when I read this psalm, it's amazing to me how vulnerable David is before God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Heather, why? what would you say it takes to, to put yourself in that kind of a position of vulnerability before God? It's a, it's a huge step. And um, listen, I see your Facebook posts. We all need Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does take a, a, a level of humility to be able to go before God and say, God, I'm an open book. I know, you know, it's interesting. We, we see um, da- David talks about how he knows our inmost being all the way to our core. Literally, that means the kidneys. <laughs> So right. you know us, which is which is like the center of our being, um, what it would be considered the center of our being. You know us so well, mm-hmm. and we're going to be laid open for you to expose these areas in our life. So it takes humility and a willingness to listen to um, really to other people. I think co- those conversations help us be more vulnerable with God. Mm-hmm. It's easy to hide, mm-hmm. to, to, to talk about the things that we know we should talk about, but to really go before God and say, Lord, here I am, mm-hmm. expose anything in me. Um, I think a good exercise is even to go through the fruit of the Spirit mm-hmm. and look at those and really consider the areas in your life are you are you hitting that mm-hmm, are you right. missing it mm-hmm. god's going to expose those and i think he exposes those in some interesting ways like in circumstances with patience sure <laughs> you've always heard about praying for patience don't ever pray for it <laughs> <laughs> you know something that comes to mind as you're saying that is obviously we know that god already knows these things and psalm 139 brings out the uh, the all-knowingness the omniscience of god quite clearly yeah so god knows all of these things about us even without us saying it but but you're bringing out i think an important practice for us to be intentional about telling god to to search us, to um, to to kind of explore our lives. Not that he isn't already, but kind of like the Adam and Eve question that you pointed to before, rhetorically, mm-hmm. um, giving God the, uh, or maybe not giving God the permission, but giving yourself the direction to listen to God speaking into your life. Right. And understanding, too, that God, you know, uh, scrutinize is really a good uh, description for what this is. It's Lord scrutinize me, right? Mm. Um, But he's not doing that to take these accepted people, these people that he's already accepted you and me and people who've already committed their lives to him. He's not doing that to expose you and then later reject you, right? Um, He does that to help us see in our own lives um, what we need to ultimately reject. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And coming to terms with that is hard. (laughs) Oh, sure it is. I mean, I would think that an, an instinct we might have is, well, if I were to put all of that plainly out there before God, I would feel shame about that. So, yeah. you know, can you speak to that? Like, what role does our shame play in the way that we relate to God? Yeah. Oh, man. I think shame affects every relationship, mm. right? From our, our our marriage relationship to our relationship with our children and our friends, but ultimately with our Heavenly Father. Um, you know, are we hiding from Him? Uh, some good questions, I think, to ask are, what are some of the areas in your life that you feel shame? Mm. Um, and this could be the full gamut of things. Like if you're if you're working like I am, then sometimes my performance, I feel shame if I miss the mark mm. in a certain area. Sure. Uh, body image. Uh, Jen, you and I have talked about this just briefly. Absolutely. But body image is huge for women. There's mm. a lot of shame that we carry. And, you know, things just don't stay the same. <laughs> no, and there's so many women I think that do have those issues. Whether and it maybe isn't even just body Im- image; it's their personality, it's the way that they see the world, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that shame can just really um, it push can us really down. Inhibit it us. Right? really mm-hmm. push us down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, feeling shame even about weaknesses in our self control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like trying to stick to a healthy diet in COVID is so hard <laughs> and so easy to give yourself that shame talk. Absolutely. Um, the COVID-19. Right. Yeah. Like the freshman 15. Right? Yeah. Oh, man, it's more than 15. Oh, man. <laughs> but are there, um, are there but, verses in Psalm 139 yes, that help you so process that? Yes, and so what I was going to say is yeah. that, you know, David clearly did not leave lead this this blameless life right. you know we basically look at david's example and say don't do that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know in so many occasions but in verse 17 and 18 um in spite of all of that david says how precious to me are your thoughts O god how vast the sum of them they would outnumber the grains of sand mm-hmm. and so despite everything david's done and everything we've done, God's thoughts about us are more numerous than the grains of sand. Mm. His thoughts are gentle and they're loving toward us. And I think that he aches for our broken hearts. I think when he sa- when he sees us drowning in our own shame lies, mm-hmm. he is there going, oh, no, that's not even true. Mm. That's not yeah, even that- true. And so verse mm-hmm. 14, mm-hmm. David praises him, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that is a promise that we can hang on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. So another question I think that could be helpful uh, for you guys in your journaling or in your time together is what role does shame play in the way that I relate to God? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can really have an effect on that. Um, do I do I allow the shame of my sin to hinder that relationship? Do I hide pieces of it from him, hoping he doesn't see it? Mm. Like a little kid, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. I saw a great analogy one time where, um, you know, you're supposed to bring your, your burdens and your worries to the Lord, and there was a backpack. And so she set the backpack down, and she opened it up, and she took out her keys and her chapstick and um, her sunglasses, and then kind of zipped it back up and gave it to the Lord. And he's like, well, what about those other things? Well, you know what? You're so busy and, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to take care of those things. But you can, you know, you can have the rest of that. And he's like, "I want you to bring it all to me. Your shame, your vulnerability. I want you to bring it all. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I think we all have those pieces, those um, that sin, that one mm-hmm. sin that we're just not quite ready right. to surrender over to the Lord that mm-hmm. we're going to hang on to mm-hmm. uh, because we like it. Right. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Rick not says that, that if sin up. isn't fun, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so really um what what's interesting is how this really translate into our community with other people Mm -hmm. so how does shame and vulnerability issues in your own life keep you from being authentic with those you're in community with Mm -hmm. how would Um, you answer that (laughs) Um, how would you answer that (laughs) we all like to know this is so rude Um, (laughs) well especially when you've hardly had chance to find community here so hi i'm heather (laughs) um we don't know each other um yeah so anyway i would seriously think about the things that you don't share with it with anyone Mm -hmm. we all have the thing you know Mm -hmm. um and does that fear we gotta we gotta really battle the fear of rejection um and that keeps us from being our true self with other people and when i say true self i'm meaning the exact person you are Mm. exactly the way that you've been made your flaws and all Mm. um so how does that fear of rejection really prevent you from being your true self with other people yeah um and in community it's it's really difficult i've always thought that when it comes to community and building that relationship and that vulnerability with groups um and you know particularly our small group women um because I think it gets a little deeper that way when we don't have opposite gender Mm -hmm. and the same group. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been my experience that the vulnerability and, and the, the intimacy of being fully known by your small group has only really come in the shadow of tragedy. Mm. So Mm -hmm. death, um, for example, Mm -hmm. or for women specifically going through a shared illness Mm -hmm. or um, a shared loss of a child or loss of a pregnancy. These are the things that bond us. So um, what would happen if we skipped the tragedy and just Mm -hmm. committed to being vulnerable in our groups and Mm -hmm. in everyday life Mm -hmm. with these same people Mm -hmm. by really saying, Jen, I'm really struggling with fill in the blank. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, fill in the blank. And then maybe when those tragedies come along, you're already there. Right. You're already able to share those vulnerable moments with each other. Right. Can you Mm -hmm. imagine how rich those relationships would actually be? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of power in telling someone, yeah, I really don't have it all together. Yeah. And and I'm I'm tired of putting on the the facade that I do. And there is a beauty when people are able to do that with each other. There really is. And you know, I was really um I got to lead a group of working moms in Bible study. Uh, back in Utah, we were together for probably three years. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because it was so great to get to start this group from the expectation of, whew, we're all blowing it in some area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but right. let's come here and let's talk about it anyway. Sure. Um, and what's been cool to see, I recently got to, to travel back to Utah and see several of them, is mm-hmm. they're still living with that confidence of knowing that they're fully known and accepted, mm-hmm. you know, despite their flaws mm-hmm. in that same group of women, and they're still together. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. 
Amazing. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe as we wrap up our discussion, you can bring us back to this psalm and, yeah. and show us, you know, David was also someone who didn't always have it all together. David did definitely did not have it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely did not have it all together. And God really saw to the core of who he was mm-hmm. and who we are. And uh, I already talked about our inmost being. And yet David prays at the end of Psalm 139, probably the most vulnerable prayer I've ever read in the Bible. Mm. Um, And it says this, according to the NIV, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. He even admits that he's struggling with anxiety mm, <laughs> right there, right? Mm-hmm. That's a can be a failure to trust God in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so when we're ready to take our next steps in relationship with God and others, we get to start with that prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a big step. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like stepping off the cliff a little bit and it being is. open and willing to whatever God may have to expose in us. When you're Absolutely. saying that, I, I, I want that. I want to be able to go to God and say, search me and know my heart, test me. It's scary, though. What, what, it, what does it take, in your opinion, for someone to actually do that, to put this verse into practice? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in one respect, I think it means that we have to put to death some of the things that we are hanging on to. Um, we have to take that really fun, super secret sin mm. um, and lay it out and be willing to let it go. Mm. And we have to believe in the fact that God wants what's best for us. He's the one who created us, right? Mm. He knows He knows our deepest desires. Yeah, as we see in this psalm. As yeah. we mm. see in this psalm. Mm. And, and we have to be willing to say, we're going to leave those things behind and move forward, trusting that God has our best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, Heather, I am so grateful for you joining us, not just to chat, not just to let the women of Autumn Ridge get to know you a little bit better, but to share such a powerful and vulnerable <laughs> message with us. This has just been a joy. Jen, you and I have so much fun in the office together. This was a blast getting we to do. be behind the mic together with you today. Thank you for your partnership for having in all me. of Thank this. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Um, we encourage all of you ladies to spend as much time as you possibly can spare this week in Psalm 139 and uh, and see what God is doing in your heart as you read this beautiful psalm. Thank you, ladies.